Oh, sorry. I don't have a mom. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, what? We're recording. Ah, uh, doesn't that feel good? We're back in the closet in the dark. It's oh, been man. too long. It's been a long time. Almost two weeks. This one, this one just took so long to actually do. Do you know why it took so long? Because this movie sucked. Because <laughs> we were putting this off, dude. I don't want to. There's. I don't want to, like, ugh, think about what, this movie ever again. Here's, sadly, there's just not a lot to discuss about this movie because this movie makes zero sense. And what movie is this? Anthony. This week. Well, I guess the last week. Oh, yeah. We got to do that. <laughs> this week on Bottom of the Bin with Caleb and Anthony. I'm Caleb. I'm Anthony. This we, is Bottom of the Bin. We watched The, the last, last Thing He wanted. wanted. And it was The Last Thing, thing We Wanted. wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Every review you yeah. read will be exactly that. Yeah, all Everyone reviews, thought of that joke. Everyone loved that. Every person. So... Oh, man, I guess, I guess we can talk about the structure real quick that we're changing, uh, sl- slightly changing the structure of our okay. of our podcast. How are we changing it slightly? Like you know, I'm doing uh, synopsis now. Yes, There's... instead of us both doing the synopsis every week, which kind of was repetitive, uh, only one of us is going to do the synopsis. So it's the person who didn't choose the movie that will do the synopsis. And since I chose this movie last week. Or like two weeks ago now. Yours truly. Anthony will do the synopsis. is gonna tell us what this movie is about according to his memory. All right. I tried really hard. I just wrote this before we started recording. We watched the movie a while ago. But even even if I wrote this like immediately after we watched the no. movie, I think it would be just as. Detailed. You didn't know what was going on the whole time. Not a like for a, a split second. There was no moment where I was like. There were several points sense. where you're like, "How do you know that?" Because I like said something, and I'm like. <sighs> I don't know. Like some t- some information just flew over your head, and mine. Uh, well, here we go. During a completely convoluted and nonsensical five-minute voiceover, we see Anne Hathaway is a reporter, and she was in South America, reporting long ago. And her investigative journaling included guns, drugs, and dead people. Still during this monologue, we see that her newsroom was raided and they fled the country. Years later, presumably. She is still a journalist, and Willem Dafoe is her dad. They meet at a bar one night, an exposition happens, and we know that Anne's mother, Willem Dafoe's ex-wife, has died. But Willem doesn't remember that, because he has Alzheimer's, or something equivalent to that. He's also rambling about some sketchy shit that he's been up to for the past 10 years or so. Anne does more reporting and has suspicions that the U.S. government is sending guns to Nicaragua, so she's looking into it. But she gets a lot of heck from Ben Affleck, the government man. He is threatening. That's it. When Willem gets sick, he reveals that he may be a gun runner for Nicaraguan militia. And as a dying old man, he can't make his deliveries. So Anne decides to go in his place, drop off the guns, get the money, and get her story. Also, Willem Dafoe is really fine. He's just really drunk the whole movie. Later, she flies to Nicaragua, and a man kills a dog with weapons that she delivers to make a point. And mm-hmm. that point is that I don't like this movie more now because they've killed a dog. 
They blew up a dog. The dog blew up. It exploded. Exploded. And they were like, oh, Red mist. Later, her plane leaves. And she doesn't leave. Because she's dumb. Also, they don't pay her in money. They pay her in cocaine. Cocaine! Cocaine, 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 money. Percocet, my rep, move up like a dolly. When she's in Nicaragua by herself because her plane left, a threatening man who drives a Jeep ends up with her at some point. I don't remember how that happens, honestly. Me neither. That French man is actually an undercover French intelligence officer. But it doesn't matter at all. Dude. This is a completely different character. Oh, man. That guy, the French guy doesn't show up till later. <laughs> no, those are the same character, okay. I'm telling you. All right, sure. She eventually talks a lot on the phone. There's intense music while she's talking on the phone, so we know that what she's talking about is intense. And she's in Costa Rica, by, by the way. Oh, really? She, she drives to Costa Rica, to San Jose. Oh, okay. I Please, go ahead. That. She eventually... Sleeps with Ben Affleck, but it's not relevant. Then she's with Toby Jones, and he has a big old house on the beach in, I guess, Costa Rica. I thought it was Nicaragua, but that makes more this sense. This whole thing is Puerto Rico, let's be honest. Okay, okay, okay. No, so, no, no. They, that, they fly to... Uh, oh, man. They go... It's a different island country. What's it I'm called? I'm just going to finish it. Yeah, okay. I'm just going to push through. We're just going to power through. Yeah, it's okay. Toby Jones is in the movie. He's very entertaining, but he has nothing to the story whatsoever. Anne finds her quote-unquote scoop and is about to bring home some kind of evidence proving that the government is running guns to Nicaragua. And, like, Toby's dead all of a sudden. And then Anne Hathaway gets shot in the stomach by Ben Affleck. And another five-minute monologue happens that doesn't help me understand the story any more than I have up to this point. The movie ends there, but I also wrote that Anne, the actress Anne Hathaway, is yeah, yeah. pregnant during the entire shooting of this movie, but not the character. The mm-hmm. character just wears big, flowy outfits <laughs> and puts her huge-ass handbag in her lap whenever she sits down. <laughs> That's my synopsis of this film, called The well Last done. Thing I Wanted. The Last Thing He Wanted. The Last Thing He Wanted. It is The Last Thing I Wanted, but... We, we... The, First of all, we have no idea what that title means. Yeah, I... <sighs> we don't know who the he is. Is it Ben Affleck? Is it Willem Dafoe? Maybe it's... Oh, it, you forgot. Willem Dafoe and, died, remember? Oh, yeah. He just dies. He does just die halfway through the movie. Maybe Maybe it's the last thing that Anne Hathaway's unborn son wanted. But he then he became born later. But it's Anne Hathaway. He didn't want to be in that movie. That's and too he meta. Was. <laughs> it's too meta. It's too meta for this movie. That would make more sense than anything else in the movie. This movie's not meta whatsoever, though. No, it's not. It's very, very literal, but in a way that makes no sense in any any way at all. So, the structure of this is... First, we're going to talk about the plot and the story. And discuss what's wrong with it. I suspect that won't take too long, because it's it's just extremely convoluted. Extremely. Like, it's so bloated. Things just continuously happen in this movie, but we, you don't understand why. Um, you don't understand anyone's motivation. Or I just... I'm lost. I don't understand anything about this movie. So, apparently, this movie is about the Iran-Contra affair. Yeah. I have, I've never heard of this historic, actual real-life historic event yes. before. 
Caleb has. Yes. So but does this movie actually explain any of that? No. Okay. I feel like it's fictionalized it, too. Okay. I don't remember a lot about the Iran-Contra affair, but I know that basically the Reagan administration was selling guns to Iran and using that money to fund the Contras. The Contras are? The the Nicaraguan rebels. Oh, okay. I, yeah. See, you, I you don't get know, any of that in this movie. I didn't know any of that previously. But this so this is movie... also based on a novel, so it's fiction. So I don't know what they were trying to... I just... What b- bothers me is that story is really interesting and there's all sorts of weird stuff that happens in that whole system. The and the actual, the whole, the real story is insane. Like, just out of this world. And why isn't that a movie? I mean, I guess, I don't know. I'm, I'm, conf- I'm confused about the existence of this movie at all. Which yeah. makes it really hard to, to break down because, like, I can't, there's nothing for me to grab onto and be like, oh, okay, I can see why they did this, but here's why I think that was a bad choice. Just the whole movie doesn't make sense at all. Like, yeah, I, none I, of the choices. I'm not. A, I was never engaged at any point because, like, okay, so that first opening monologue is actually a really good example of my problem. You're with lost this movie. from second one. Yeah, could, the the you don't the, know what the monologue. The monologue is bloated and convoluted and doesn't make any sense. There's no. We have no context for it. So yeah. it's just kind of like a lot of dramatic words strung together. And we're watching images happen as she's saying those things. Like, we see her in the jungle, and she's, like, clearly a reporter, and she has a photographer with her. What's but, Rosie Perez? She's in this movie. Yeah. She's fine, but... She's fine, but she's not... There's nothing There's nothing that anyone could do with this movie. Yeah. Even Willem Dafoe, who's amazing in everything. just And he, he had a presence in this movie, but... Like, n- not even Willem Dafoe could save this movie. He wasn't on screen long enough, for one. But also, no. just, his character makes no sense. Like, it, <laughs> like his character is, he exists only for the exposition, and so that the, char- like, so the character of Anne Hathaway, whatever the character's name was, yeah, could get to the South American countries that she was in. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't have been there without him. But that's the only purpose his character really serves, I guess. I don't know. And uh, the worst thing about his character is his memory loss. Oh, yeah. Most of the time, he's he's 100% fine, except for he doesn't remember that one fact, which right. makes him bedridden, apparently. Yeah. He, and that, it, it feels like it's an expositionary part of his character. Like, he just says things that are incorrect and then Anne Hathaway in an expositionary sense corrects him. So like he starts talking about his ex-wife and Anne Hathaway is like, she's dead. Like, don't you remember that? And, and he's like, Oh, and he's confused. For yeah. He's like, oh, and then he names all the presidents in order. Cause he's smart. Yeah. It was such an odd experience. I could see how I could see how if you boiled this story down to its absolute bare plot points so only like the only like she went to south africa and south africa saw, yeah i mean uh south america she went to central south america. central america um the betrayal of ben affleck i could see potential in that maybe but nothing built to it so it didn't matter when it happened you know i I can see it. It's just, it's just not there at all. There's, there's nothing 
nothing that I was invested in when that happened. I, I could tell that the director or, you know, the filmmakers wanted me to feel that betrayal when it happened. Oh, you're talking about the betrayal at the end? Yeah, when Ben when Ben Affleck shot Anne Hathaway. Your betrayal isn't the problem, though. The problem is everything before that. Because that, yeah, they're obviously guess... at odds because she wants to get the truth and he's like, government man, uh, you're in the way. And then they sleep together. Because I So, it's... I mean, that that's what I'm trying to say, though. Make, yeah, like, I know what you the mean. The only purpose of them sleeping together is so that for one second you're like, oh, maybe, like, they're on the same side or something to maybe try and beef up that betrayal. But it's, yeah. it, it, there's no weight to it at all, you know? So it's just... We were just both confused. Like, so oh, Ben flat. Affleck killed her? Yeah. And Ben Affleck, if you look at the poster, he's just as big as Anne Hathaway. Mm. He's in three scenes, I think, in this movie. Yeah, which makes it, like... And it's Thick Boy, yeah, Ben he's, Affleck, he's, too. He's... Big in, he has these really baggy pants. Big in Ben Affleck, and uh, yeah, I mean, just that that quote unquote plot twist at the end, it fell so flat because Ben Affleck's barely in it, and there's no development between the two characters, like between Ben and yeah. So I don't have anything else to say about this movie. I do. The thing that really bothers me. Is that she's an investigative journalist, okay. and she they show in the beginning she's in I think she's in Ecuador or something, mm-hmm. and she's like investigating like drug cartels or like rebels or something, and so okay. she is deep in this stuff, but she doesn't know her father smuggles guns. Like that's just such a convenient plot twist that she's an investigative yeah. journalist that specializes in Central and South America, and her dad smuggles guns to Central and South America. Like what? Yeah. It's it's just an odd, it's an odd it's choice. An odd choice, yeah. And then I just remember that the w- way that she found out that her dad was a gun runner was the government was getting antsy about her investigative journaling into yeah. the whole affair, and so they threatened her by sending her pictures of her dad running guns. Right? That's what that. Yeah. That's what that was. Doing illegal ish. Yeah. So that's how she found out, and. Literally didn't remember that until just now. <laughs> I mean, every second there's like another thing that comes back, and I'm like, oh, that's part of this movie. But yeah. it has no. Like the French guy, what was his deal? Why did she run away from the French guy? The French guy was the guy driving the jeep at the beginning. Like the guy at the beginning. Got... No, she steals a jeep from that guy. Yeah. Then she meets that guy. That guy saves her when she's at the resort that gets shot up. Yeah. The French guy saves her at the resort, shot up, and they hang out for a bit. But she's not the guy that drives her from Nicaragua to Costa Rica. Are you sure? Yeah. She just steals the Jeep from that guy and drives away. Yeah, but I thought that, like, he comes back around. I thought he was there to begin with because he was doing he his might own be investigation. Right. Now that I'm thinking about it, but I really can't. I don't remember. I thought they were the same guy. I didn't think they were because maybe you're right. If, but that's... This is this conversation is kind of proving a point. Yeah, it's proving a big. We big point. we don't understand anyone in this movie or why they do what they're doing. Oh man, my brightness is really high and it hurt my eyes. <laughs> it's dark in here. Yeah, we turn the lights off because it. I mean, helps us focus or something. What else? The only thing I would like to say is, the weird choice in there is that she has breast cancer. 
Oh, yeah. And so she mentions it in passing in the beginning that she had had breast cancer. Which I completely missed. You, yeah. Like, you missed, so, which is fine. So the, the scene later where Anne Hathaway and Ben Affleck are sleeping together. Yeah. She... Is topless. Yeah. But only has one breast. Exactly. And, which was shocking unto itself... If if they were both naked and she had both breasts, it would have been shocking because it was the way a hard that, cut. It was yeah. a hard cut. They were just they were just having a conversation at some political gathering, and, and just then it was just they were there. Na- they were just naked, naked and, and I was like not ready for it. But then there was that which added a whole other so weird dimension it, to the character. The whole breast cancer thing it doesn't really work in this movie, and it probably doesn't belong in this movie. It feels like something that was in the novel. That they're like, oh, we have to put this in there because it was in the novel. You can tell sometimes with adaptations when there's stuff that's in there because it was in the book. They're like, we have to carry this over, even though it doesn't work in the film or add anything. It kind of felt like just a crutch to create more depth to her character. Be like, hey, yeah, she has some, it's, she has some history. She's sounds, like struggled through it things. Sounds bad, but it, like it, it seems like a gimmick. Which that sounds horrible to say. Breast cancer is a gimmick. Well, in the movie, it's. It's horrible that they used it as a gimmick. It's ho- it's horrible that they were like, instead of actually like addressing that as something, which there was no there was no place for it in the movie to do so, but they still chose like, oh, this is gonna be part of her character. We're gonna use it to like maybe try and create some emotional depth here, and it just didn't it didn't work. It, it didn't play well, you know. I agree. I'm I'm with you. Breast cancer is a serious a serious topic and. I think it should be respected when it shows up in films. It's, it's really not respected in this film. I've really never seen it in a film anyway, in any yeah. real sense. I mean, I, I can't think of an example of it being addressed properly in a film either. But that doesn't mean this movie has the right to just do it, you know? <laughs> it's true. I it doesn't. I don't think they were being intentional about the poor usage of it, but... I don't... No, I don't think they were being malicious. It's just It's just such an odd detail to throw in there. And it is really just thrown in there, you know? I agree. Very thrown. All right, let's move on. We, we, we can go on and on about... We can just remember random scenes and then try to make sense of them, or we can just move on, and I say we move on. Yeah, I mean, I, I think just as a concluding note, the biggest failure of this movie is just... There is no... There's, there's nothing to it. There's no substance to it whatsoever. You don't connect. The dialogue, which you're talking about, too, very booky. Yeah. No one speaks in in normal way. Yeah. That those five minute monologues prove that. But I think you're right. I think yeah. just we could talk about forever why this movie doesn't work. But okay. Let's move on to the next segment. So we're gonna talk about the technical aspects of this film. The first thing, the music. Do you remember the music? Not at all. Me I I mean I remember making the joke while we were watching it that, like, she was on the phone several scenes in a row and there was intense music and I was like this music is intense there was some music that made it hard to listen to the dialogue it was hard to hear the dialogue at some points yeah but I don't know if that was just our system it might be Michael mentioned Michael mentioned that he watched Sea of Trees our friend Michael Hartman is a sound dude we we love him we Mm -hmm. love you Michael shout out to Michael we love you we love your stream everybody go watch him his name is Cheese Boy Cheese spelt like cheese should be then boy, spelt B-O-I, 21. Exactly. Watch him. His stream is great. On He's Twitch. awesome. Yeah, on Twitch. Um, what did he mention before you went on a tangent? So he texted me after he listened to our podcast episode last week. We watched Sea of Trees and we reviewed that. We talked about the mixing being poor in that movie. 
and he messaged me later and said that he watched the movie in his system and said that it was fine in his opinion. Okay. I don't know if I mean I I have a pretty nice 5.1 surround system. Yeah. There's like it's got a preamp and a receiver. The speakers are full range. It should sound exactly how I also don't mix anything. That receiver yeah, yeah. has like pre pre mixed uh options in it. Yeah. And I don't use any of those. I always use the pure direct exactly what is yeah. being fed to yeah. it. Maybe it's the way that Netflix mixes it or like compresses it or something. Maybe it's I don't know. Maybe I just don't understand how to use speakers. That's possible. Michael, when you come down, you can teach me all about it. But our experience with the movie as pretty standard viewers, it was there was a few times the music was making it difficult to hear what characters were saying. Yeah. But on top of that, the music was unnecessary in most cases. Yeah. It's, again, another just horrible example of when music is just trying to tell you how you're supposed to feel and you're not feeling that way. It's just very intrusive. It, they're like In those scenes where she was just talking on the phone, those scenes would have been intense and they would have had high stakes if what they were saying was intense and also had high stakes. But they didn't the music was trying to communicate that they did and it gets annoying and that that's just been a consistent theme through every movie that we've watched so far. But this movie in particular, just cause there was nothing else. There was nothing else communicating to me. There was tension, just yeah. the music, you know? Okay. That's enough about that. The, sh- the shooting. Yeah. There was some good, there was some okay stuff here. There was a few times that I was like, that's an interesting shot and I like it a lot. One in particular was just before the plane left um, the US, there was this big shot where there was a hangar and we were seeing a profile of the plane and it was silhouetted by this big red light and I was like, that's a cool shot. Mm-hmm. I thought that consciously. I don't think... Rachel Morrison shot the director's last previous film, but not this one. I don't know. And I could tell she didn't have her because Rachel Morrison was amazing. I haven't seen her previous. Yeah, we can talk about that later in the end, but yeah. uh, cuz I want to do compare it, I want to compare it to um the director Deary's previous film. And so the other thing uh th- that we could talk about is the performances. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone's bad in this movie. Everyone's trying. Yeah, I just don't think anyone has I mean, nothing I just don't think that the actors are the reason this movie isn't good. It's they're definitely not. That that's that would be unfair. And I, I think like I think Willem Dafoe proves that. Just like he his character has a presence when he's on screen and you wanna know what's going on with this guy, even though none of the dialogue or action yeah. ever ends up like really telling you anything. I felt every time I every time Anne Hathaway had her own scene she was more or less just on par with what I would expect from Anne Hathaway. Like she's a great actress. She's, ex- she's exemplified herself in several films. Um, but a lot of times when I, she was with anybody else, I always was getting this underlying impression that she didn't want to be there. Really? I just, every time I saw her, I was like, man, she is just not into this. She's just not feeling this right now. And I mean, to be fair, she was definitely pregnant during yeah. during the shooting of this. She runs a lot in this movie. She runs, pregnant. yeah, yeah. 
I don't I don't know how late I I know that she just had a kid. We looked it up because she had a kid like five months ago. Yeah, we looked it up because there was so obvious they were covering it up. Like she like she, like I said, she had huge handbags and her clothes were always flowy, so it was pretty obvious. But like. I don't know if it's that or if, like, just she was frustrated with the direction of the movie or whatever. I don't know. Just her performance always felt like she was really forcing it. Like, she really, really was just trying to get it over with and get it out. And I don't know. Did you feel that way at all? Maybe it's just me. Maybe I was just grumpy watching this movie. I honestly don't remember. I don't remember anything remarkable or anything. Nothing really stood out to me in my memory. I love Anne Hathaway in general. Yeah, I, I think like she's her great. in a lot of things. Yeah, so, I yeah, I think what you said is all that really should be said about the performances. It, yeah. It, the, the movie's quality is not at the fault of the actors. And Toby Jones is great in this movie. Yeah. I think to- Toby Jones is the best. Anytime he shows up, I'm like, yeah, Toby, Toby Jones. Jones. <laughs> no longer a Noby Jones film, but now a Toby Jones film. He was great. I just, like... But we just were. Who is this guy? Why is he yeah. here? What's going on? I, like his again, same as Willem. It was like, man, your performance is so awesome, and like you're engaging. I want to know about your character, but there was nothing to know about the character. Absolutely, he was kind of just there, and he told some stories that were interesting unto themselves, but had nothing to do with the rest of the plot. And then he got shot in the head, which was really sad. Yeah. Most people die in this movie. Yeah, most most of the people, except for Thick Boy Affleck, he didn't die. Thick Boy Affleck was on set for four days. Maybe four days. (laughs) I think that's a little generous, to be honest. True. Okay. Is there anything else uh, about the technical stuff this movie you want to talk about before we move on? Um, I don't have anything else. Yeah, I can't. I can't really think of anything else. I mean, like. I'm sure as an editor, it's just when you receive a film like this, you just try to do your best, right? Um, I felt like some of the editing was really jarring, but I think that was more on the on the like the way the film was written. It was just from this, scene to scene, yeah. it just didn't flow very well. So, like, how do you edit that, right? This must have been a really short edit, yeah, honestly. Yeah, definitely. That's pretty much all I have as far as I can't I can't think of anything else that like stood out to me in any way. Good or bad, to be honest. The thing that stands out to me is I've seen Mudbound, her previous movie, which I didn't think was great, but is a hell of a lot better than this movie. It you, it makes sense, and there's emotional tension that matters. I thought some of the stuff in it was a little trite and on the nose, but I just don't know how this happened. That's the biggest thing to me. It's so confounding. Like, you can look. Everyone feels about this way. It's got 6% every, on Rotten Tomatoes. Everyone's just trashed it universally. And wh- what happened? I don't know. I, and I'm, I really, I'm sure there's something behind the scenes that we're not knowing. I really you know. liked what uh, the RobertEater.com's review said that it was a true Netflix original movie paradox and that even the pause and rewind button won't help you understand this movie. And Wow, that's actually awesome. I love it. And then The Guardian said something about how somehow the movie has too much and too little in it. And the, it's... It's like a paradox. Yeah, it's so odd. It's such a weird movie. Those are all movie. really good ways to explain this. I, it, I I felt the same way. Like it, it felt like a lot of noise was happening, but none of that noise meant anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I I would like to see her previous film now that I've seen this. I'd like to yeah, see like it's... maybe it'll reveal some things about like 
some production issues that could have happened. I I really don't know. I I I feel like this is this can't be the fault of a single person. You know what I mean? I I feel like to say, oh, is the director did a bad job or the writer did no, a bad job? I, like, I've seen she can direct. Right. Yeah. Which and is, I I don't just... know who wrote it, but like, there's even if even if it was written exactly how it how it was presented, like there's things that help a movie help a movie's writing to communicate better visually yeah. on screen. I don't know if they just like didn't have time or the budget got restrained at some point. I don't know. It's just it feels like something went really wrong and they just had to put it out for like the distributor. Like Netflix was just like, we have to put this movie out. It doesn't matter how good it is, how bad it is. It just has to get out. We need to get it out of the way. It needs to get out there. People need to watch it. They're in quarantine right now. At least we'll get some people I, who are bored and they'll watch it. I can't imagine because Netflix, this whole, they decide the viewership on a movie, you just have to watch 15 minutes of it. I'd love to see their stats on how many people finish this movie. Because mm. it's got to be less than 5%. Yeah, I mean, even like, you know, my, my parents are not like big film people. They like movies, they watch movies, but they're not like, they're not like thinking about it like I'm thinking about it and like you're thinking about yeah. it when we're watching a movie. Even... I've I've seen them watch some movies that are like pretty rough and they're they're like yeah that was such a nice movie it was pleasant and I get I get all that that's totally fine like different audience that like yeah. they're looking for different things in film than I am but I I'm trying to like imagine my parents watching this movie and I think that even without knowing what's happening even without being able to like interpret the the mess of the of the movie like we're kind of trying yeah. to I still, I still think that they probably would have at some point been like, I have no idea what's happening. I'm just going to watch something else. You know what I mean? That's what I think almost 90% of viewers must be doing. Right yeah. Now. Even on the most basic level, I, this movie isn't able to communicate what's happening. And that's just it's not good. This is just not how movies are supposed to work. A general audience should be able to understand at least like kind of what's happening moment by moment. But I don't think that they will. So, yeah, that's all I have to say. That's, um, yeah. Anything else about it? Nothing about this movie. All I'll say is, have you seen American Made with Tom Cruise? No. It's a similar plot. Not similar. It's just the same. It's about a guy who runs drugs okay. to Central America, and it's Tom Cruise, and Doug Liman directed it. Is it good? Just a f it's very stylized, and it's not great, but you should watch it. Okay. And, yeah, I would recommend that if you want something like this, but you definitely don't want this. Definitely just go watch American Made. It's very fun, and Jesse, no, yeah, it's got a, it's, it's a very fun movie, and it's Tom Cruise being Tom Cruise, and he flies a plane around and I mean, gets in trouble sure. yeah. and smuggles drugs. I'm like, that's much better. Go for that. I, I watched a little bit of, you know, the Netflix original, um, Narcos. Yeah, I've heard it's really good. This movie kind of reminded me stylistically of that, except, like, obviously Narcos is, is a good show, pretty much. Yeah. I, I didn't, well, I don't love it. I, I kind of, I think I fell out of it, like, towards the end of the first season. But, like, when I was watching it, I was like, oh, this is interesting. There's, like, there's interesting content yeah. in that point in history, in that place in the world, in the whole, like, in the whole cartel drug running thing. Like, there, there's interesting stories to be told there. This movie did not find any of those interesting stories. Sorry. It's it's kind of... Uh, it's just sad. If you look at the talent involved and the story potential... Man, yeah. that was a bummer. 
the the Iran Contra affair sounds interesting. It's I'd like to super like interesting. To know more about it. Uh, stuff you should know has an episode about it, which is very extensive. And stuff quite, you should know is a it's a podcast. Oh, okay, cool. Um, and they just cover topics, and they covered it, and it's very interesting. So if you want to learn about the Iron Contra affair, it's actually quite interesting. Don't let this movie deter you. Maybe we'll throw a link in the description of this episode. We can. We should. Go, go spend your time listening to something informative instead of this movie. Let's let's move on from this movie once and for all and talk about what is next week's movie going to be. Are we going to do recommendations? Oh, recommendations first. I didn't pick a recommendation. I know what I want to recommend. Um... So, you watched a lot more movies than I have the past couple weeks. I've been incredibly busy, so. um, But there are two movies that we watched together. Mm -hmm. I loved both of those movies. I thought they were great. I think that. I think. I'm gonna go with Good Time, and I want you to go with the other one. I will go with the other one. So, I'm gonna go with Good Time because he's gonna go with the other one. Um. I loved Good Time. I've been listening on my breaks at work on and off. I've been listening to an interview that was done with the A24, yeah, Paul Thomas Anderson, and the Safdie brothers. Yeah. And, man, they're so interesting to listen to. And then to watch Good Time as I'm listening to them kind of discuss their experiences with shooting and like shooting in New York specifically. Oh, yeah. Um, shooting with big actors like Adam Sandler. And in Good Time, it was... Mark um, what? Robert, Robert Pattinson. Yes, Robert Pattinson. Um, and, man, th- this movie, would it was so interesting because I don't want to... Spo- I'm not going to spoil anything, yeah. but, like, it's interesting to me when a movie can pull off executing its message and its theme in just a few seconds at the end of a film. The, and, and, like, it, it's kind of one of those things where, like, all these puzzle pieces are being laid out and you're watching something happen and then it all makes sense in the in, like as the credits are rolling literally the credits are rolling over the, the final piece as it falls in and, and the movie makes sense and that's what this movie was for me and it, it was shocking it was viscerally shot and there was so many interesting things happening like all the time it was a 24-hour movie which we yeah. had a pretty nice discussion about earlier this week um yeah that's gonna be yeah, that's going to be my recommendation. And I just love how Good Time is... It's a, it's a string of events that you don't see coming and could be confusing, but in the moment, they all make sense. Right, yeah. I think that's so actually... on board the whole time. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, kind of a, it's kind of an opposite to the last thing that he wanted because it's, it's, not, it's not too little and too much at the same time. It's just the right amount. Just right. Like, it's a simple story. It's not complicated. And it could be really complicated because a lot happens in a really short amount of time. It's not a long movie. I think it's actually shorter than the last thing he wanted. Yeah, they, yeah. they packed in so much into that movie, but it flows at such a good pace that you're understanding everything as it's happening. Go watch that movie. I'm not going to say another word about it because I want you to experience it fresh. Just don't don't watch a trailer. Don't Don't look up the synopsis. Just watch it. And you haven't seen Uncut Gems yet, so... I haven't. Uncut Gems is coming up. It's going to be on Netflix really soon. Yes, it will be. And my eyeballs will absorb will that film. I definitely watch it again. I'm going to go with the other great movie we watched together, which was uh, A Serious Man. A Serious Man. Oh. A Serious Man is Seriously good. so dense with... 
it just has something to say about everything. So, like, I, you can read it so many ways. You can read it as um, a story about religion, specifically Judaism. You can read it about philosophy or just the meaning of life. And it just, it says so much, but at the same time, it's just, it's Coen Brothers. So it's got that classic Coen Brothers humor. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just about a guy whose life spirals out of control. And you're just, it's so enjoyable to watch. I've Ironically, I've come back to this quote that I heard years ago. I, I grew up in New York, so I was surrounded by a lot of Jewish culture just in general. That's just a really common thing where I'm from. Um, I'm not religiously Jewish but it's just something it's a culture that I'm familiar with somewhat and there was an interesting thing that I heard from a rabbi at some point it was not early in my life when I was a kid but like just later in my life as I've been watching and reading things I I heard a, a rabbi's quote and it was something like the Torah can be looked at like a gem and as you turn it it has it's a different perspective as you turn it and you're seeing different facets of it as you as you turn it and it lets interpretation be very open whatever you think about that is not the point the point is that this movie is a lot like that and i don't think that's an accident oh yeah i, th- I think that this the uh the cohen's are from a jewish background as far as i know yeah, Jews. and so like it's so interesting to see that culture clash with american culture because this movie is very americana Oh, yeah. And those two things put together and, like, them, them showing you kind of how you can perceive that. And it's 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 saying something yeah. so clearly, but it's also leaving it so open to interpretation. I agree, because I've listened to so many people talk about that movie and everyone has a different take on it. Yeah. And I'm like, wait. And I don't... I can't pretend that I fully understand what they're going for. I, neither can I. But every choice in that movie is a choice. It's so intentional. And... and <sighs> The movie is paradoxical unto itself, and, yeah. which is ironic, and and you'd under, you'll understand if you watch it. I, I think I don't want to spoil it. And wonderful but, performances. Oh, so good, dude! Michael Just, Strahlberg is amazing. So in the good, movie. he's amazing. I can't. Oh, I like. I've thought about that movie every day since we've watched it. Just at least a little bit. It's it's so wonderful. It's it's just a great movie. It's it's so well put together, so well crafted. Keeps you interested every moment. Pace is great. Everything so, I can't say yes. about the last thing you wanted. Exactly. So please watch it. And I think it's one of the Coens that most people haven't seen. Yeah, it's a Because it weird doesn't one. have any stars in it. It's and obscure. Yeah. If you're not really into Coens, you might get turned away a little bit. Because it is a little... It's very Coen-y, I'll say that. Yeah, it's it's got every bit of Coen brothers that uh, the Coen it's, brothers fans look for. And So please, definitely yeah, watch that. Give it a watch. All right, the last thing that we're going to do today is announce what our next film is going to be. And that, this week, was your decision. So Yeah, so um, a couple weeks ago when we chose to watch The Sea of Trees, I was conflicted between two films. Uh-huh. And that conflict has not yet gone away. So okay. I decided that I'm just going to choose the other film that I was oh. wanting to choose. Right, so you ignored all the other titles I've added in the last three weeks. Did you add more? I, there's oh, over 250 to... titles on there now. Wow, this is going to be a long-running podcast. I mean, it, those are just options. We don't have to watch them all. We do have to watch them all. What are you talking about? Anyway, the movie I'm choosing this week is Overlord. Oh. Mm, yeah. It's the the zombie one. Zombie. World War Two. World War Two, action movie. Here's why. I think 
we've had a good run of like serious take movies. I don't, from what I know about this movie, which is very little, it's not really a serious movie. Yeah, it looks, it's very it just like seems very genre. It's but. very like there are cool things, then there are guns, and World War Two is cool, and so are zombies and Nazis fighting Americans. So cool movie. And that's that's where I'm at right now. I just need something that's really, really easily digestible, and we'll talk about it. I look forward to it. Did you know at one point it was supposed to be a Cloverfield movie? Really? Yes. That's so but they interesting. Their mind. You know, what I what really made me want to watch this movie is actually the poster. I don't think it's the poster on Letterboxd I'm going to look right now. But there was a poster at one point where it was like Overlord in like blood splatter, mm-hmm. but then the blood splatter... Like turned into like paratroopers, parachuting. Oh, I know. Have you seen that poster? That poster's awesome. And I was like, ah, that movie looks so cool. And I like cool movies that have guns and World War II soldiers in it. I do love World War II movies, so that'll be a fun watch. Hopefully, I'm hoping that it'll be a little bit easier to consume than the past couple, at least. It should be. It's it's also not a poorly, like a super poorly rated film. Every film that we've rated so far has been lower than a 3 on on yeah. Letterboxd. Yeah. This one's rated at 3.3, 3, which mm-hmm. is pretty mediocre. And I think that's going to be an interesting thing uh, yeah. to talk about. I'd like to watch something that has a little more merit to it. Yeah, I think it would be fun to digest something and like just break it, break down something that's like, this was like okay, but here's where it could have been better. I think that'll be yeah. an interesting discussion. I'm I'm actually really looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. Anyway, with that, that's the end of our podcast today. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll be back next week, hopefully. We'll My see. name is Anthony Broush. Oh yes, and I am Caleb Persick. And this this is bottom, bottom of, of the, the bin. bin. Wow, we're so good at this. We're getting better. I hope you enjoy this episode. Yeah, yeah. Tune in next week. We're going to try and make this as weekly as possible. We will. All right. Words. Bye. Come on, Michael. Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging system. Five seven one four zero five four nine six seven. Well, I All right, Michael. Should have recommended. Talk to you later. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, we forgot to rate this movie <laughs> in the actual <laughs> recording, so we're just gonna rate it now. Um, I give it five supernovas because it's the worst movie we've seen thus far. I gave it four and a half just because I've been, like, I would also give it five supernovas. Yeah, I gave it half a star because you can't give a movie exactly. zero stars on. Well, when I realized that, I was like, I can do what I want. Yeah. five supernovas. Yeah, five supernovas. I absolutely. honestly can't imagine it getting worse than this. Yeah, like, not only is it bad, but it's not even like engaging in any way. So yeah. We already talked about how it has. Yeah, very that's it. We can, we can let this movie go now forever. Yeah, goodbye. Last thing we wanted. Bye.